0: The ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Hello, listeners. This is Sam Dyer coming to you today. I wanted to go back in time. Actually, before we started the podcast, we had a presenter at our meeting in Charlotte in 2017, Dr. Hamid, and Dr. Hamid gave us a talk on elbow osteoarthritis. His talk is actually in the Learning Center on our webpage, and members can access this content for free. Now, it's no longer valid for Category 1 CME, but we have Several talks there as a reference librarian. I hope you take advantage of that moving forward. Elbow osteoarthritis from Dr. Hamid's talk.
1: So elbow arthritis is a little bit different than your typical arthritic joint. It's uh, it's a little unusual because you get preservation of the joint space, and what actually bothers the patients is not the deterioration of the cartilage, but it's the impinging osteophytes.
0: Who gets it? The typical person is a man who does heavy work, manual labor people who lift heavy weights, weightlifters, or throwing athletes, all of these people that put excess loads on the joint over time, and it usually starts in middle age. And some features of elbow osteoarthritis, as with other joint osteoarthropathies, it presents with stiffness and pain, although the pain with this is worse at the end point of motion, i.e. flexion and extension, especially so if there are impinging osteophytes or loose bodies that restrict the motion. So normally, Dr. Mead talked about motion in mid-arc not really being painful. It's at the end point of motion, end extension or end flexion. X-rays will commonly show osteophytes and loose bodies, but there is preservation of the joint space, and this is an important thing to note. If you look at the AP and there's joint space but bone spurs and loose bodies, that's more likely osteoarthritis. However, if there's a significant loss of joint space where there's kind of bone on bone, so to speak, It's more likely due to an inflammatory arthropathy like rheumatoid arthritis. Dr. Amid prefers CT scans over MRI to evaluate the extent of the elbow osteoarthritis.
1: If you get a CT scan, that's what it looks like. You can see that there's large osteophytes on the back uh, tip of the olecranon. There's loose bodies in the fossa, and then you have this big loose body, just superior uh, or proximal to the olecranon tip. And so, as you can imagine, as this patient extends, that hurts. Uh, CT is the method of choice to look at elbow arthritis. MRI is, is, is pretty much worthless.
0: He also said that the mainstay of treatment for elbow osteoarthritis, now this is after failed conservative treatment like nonsteroidals, PT, and maybe injections. The mainstay of treatment is arthroscopic
1: debridement,
0: and where you can't effectively do a scope to debride it, to remove the loose bodies and osteophytes, do it through an open incision.
1: And what I mean by debridement is not curing them of arthritis, but removing the, the things that are bothering them, which would be the osteophytes and the capsule.
0: Techniques such as a distraction, arthroplasty, and total elbow, he didn't say were contraindicated, but he said they're not really that great of an idea, especially the total elbow. That's typically more for pain relief with, say, the 70 to 80-year-old rheumatoid arthritis patient who... Doesn't have a lot of activity. Most of the people that get osteoarthritis are male laborers in middle age, and they want to continue doing what they're doing. So, debridement is a more acceptable option.
1: And so, when you enter the joint, you really want to insufflate the joint because you can see the radial nerve there is extremely close to the joint. Really, all the nerve vascular structures are in play for an elbow scope. So, if you're learning elbow arthroscopy or uh, if you're not doing too many in your practice, you probably should start with an elbow that's not too arthritic, right, that, that you can be able to focus on the work you need to do without being overwhelmed. Or you can start, some people like to do tennis elbow uh, arthroscopically. That's a good procedure to sort of start with before you start doing the arthritic elbow. I would say that a, a really arthritic elbow that I'm going to do an elbow scope on, it would probably be one of the more challenging cases I'll do throughout the month. And so it, it's, a, it's a case that you need a lot of time to do all the work. There's a lot to do in there. And it just it requires a lot of practice to get really proficient at it and safe.
0: Now, many of these patients have probably had some sort of cubital tunnel syndrome. And if they've had a cubital tunnel release and an ulnar nerve transposition, he said he would most likely go to an open surgery at that point because you have to put the cannula in at a location where the ulnar nerve typically goes and where it's transposed would be in the way. So that's very important history if you're sending someone to a physician for elbow arthroscopy, make sure to mention that. Yeah,
1: the other thing I want to talk about is also open debridement. So that's what we call a column procedure. So you can do the same work open as you can arthroscopically. And uh, you can do this through a one incision on the lateral part of the elbow. You just elevate the muscle off the, front of the capi- off the front of the humerus and the back, and you're able to access the front and the back of the joint pretty easily.
0: And the takeaways for osteoarthritis typically
1: is a hardworking
0: middle-aged male. It's an atypical osteoarthritis as osteophytes impinge motion and cause increased pain. And arthroscopy with open debridement is the treatment of
1: choice. So if you look at studies looking at elbow arthroscopic debridements, we don't really know long-term how they do, but the medium-term results have been, have been pretty favorable. Um, they're a little bit uh, across the board with how much improvement in range of motion you get, but I would say 30 to 40 degree improvement in arc of motion is reasonable. Um, and uh, patients are usually pretty happy with the procedure. They feel like their elbow is strong. They don't have the locking symptoms. They're able to get a little bit of extension back and a little bit of flexion. Usually they can, can um, kind of use their elbow for what they need to uh, after the procedure. Okay, well that's all I've got regarding our clinical discussion, but
0: I did want to give you an update Tell you, thanks for listening to today's podcast, and I want to let you know a couple of things from our annual meeting in Indianapolis. We're looking forward to expanding our foundation's work, and we have two of our board members working toward a PA leadership tract. It's in the initial stages of development, and we've got a lot of work to do to create it, but that's on the horizon. I'm hoping we can get something like that going within the next year to two years. We're also looking to bundle more CME content. Right now, we have PAOS On Demand, both on our learning center, PAOS.org, as well as the AAPA. But we're thinking about creating more specific bundles, such as an opioid-specific offering. Everybody has to meet opioid requirements for state and federal regulations, and different states vary on the numbers. But we're looking at putting that together, so you don't have to buy the whole course if you don't need it or want it, if you just need that content. And then we're looking at bundling some other talks. Imagine a pediatric bundle or a spine bundle. If this sounds appealing to you, let us know. Last thing I wanted to go over with you, most everyone needs CME, and an overwhelming number of you need it before the end of 2023. So I want you to consider us. We have hours and hours literally on the PAOS.org Learning Center. Take a look there. You can get your CME needs met. Uh, There are PAOS on demand. There are self-assessment questions. And all of these come from prior meetings, recordings of prior meetings. So you're going to get some good stuff. I want you to take a look there. We also have two hours of free CME, free hopefully being the word that captures your attention. We licensed two hours of DEI videos last January, and those will be good through the end of the year. Make sure to get your two hours of CME there that's free for PAOS members, non-members. If you're not a member, why not? Why won't you join PAOS? You can get our same content on the AAPA if you're a member there, but you're going to pay a lot more for it than you will with us. Our membership fees are not that high. We have the practice and salary survey, so I really would like you, if you're listening to this and you've been on the fence, go ahead and join us. You won't regret it. Okay, short and sweet today. That's all I've got, so keep listening, and I want to thank you for listening to us and supporting us. Bye now.